when I reached the border of Belarus, I was hauled off the train. Mm-hmm. A big burly officer just came up to me and just said, take all your things, you are coming with me. Just you? Only me. Oh. Out of all the trains. So like, okay. wh- you know, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. said, just come with me. He, was, he wasn't going to say anything and with my passport in hand. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Alright, we have Nicholas from Real Travel Station. Hi, Andrew. And I was checking with you like, should I be calling you Nicholas or Real Travel Station? Because that's what you call yourself on the blog. That's right. I have not reviewed my actual name on the blog yet. Yeah, so yeah. this is the review podcast yes, for, right. for Nicholas. I understand because some people still want to remain anonymous, mm-hmm. but you've written a lot about Real Travel, right? yeah. as the name suggests, right? yes, Real Travel Station. Right. Right? So, and I was looking into it and it's a, it's a whole new world and there are names for it. I mean, of course, railway enthusiasts will be pretty obvious but you can also call yourself a real fan like what, what other names are there it depends on different countries actually but most of the translation does relate back to a railway fan mm-hmm. yeah so of course there what people like about trains can be quite different so for example for me i like passenger trains because i like riding on them so wow, freight okay. trains may not be my forte but of course there's people who like uh, certain specialties about trains like subways or intercity, you know, uh, locomotive halt trains or bullet trains or cargo trains. So some people only like a specific section of that, which is totally fine. So although Railway Fan encompasses like all of us, the individuals uh, may prefer whatever they, they a like. A certain type of yeah. train. And you mentioned you like passenger train. Yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, I like riding on them. You like so. riding on yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is there a reason why different types of trains have different appeal for all these railway fans? It could be based on uh, geographical locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could also be based on what is available near their hometowns or it could be avail- uh, also related to what they have encountered before. Mm. So, for example, if as a kid, they have watched uh, certain cartoons, oh. that they like certain characters, thus relates uh, when, when they grow older to whatever... Mm, just yeah, when, I, yeah. when I thought like this could be relatively niche, yeah. is that it can be divided further into sub niches as as yes, always, right? right. As, yes. Like all the different interest groups out <laughs> there, and well, so if someone likes Singapore's MRT, yeah. is that a real fan also? I would consider R A I L. Yes, yeah. I would consider it as a real fan. Right, because I've seen yeah, this. Because there, there are certain groups in Singapore who does uh, like the SMRT or or SBS. That's trains, right. The MRTs right? only. Only, right? Yes, they, right. Don't, they don't like any other. They specifically like this particular train. That's correct. 
Yeah, so well, passion takes you takes you to different places. Yeah, yeah, and there's this concept of um, track bashing. Mm-hmm. Should I explain that? Okay, so there's again two parts of track bashing. One okay. is simply the line, which is what I would usually do because uh, I tend to like taking the full length of the train service rather than breaking at the middle station, which could be more popular. But I feel that I have not completed the journey. The second part is, of course, as you mentioned, track bashing, which is to take every single track on the line. So, for example, you know, at the end of the line, like, for example, Paseris. Mm. So, you have the crossovers at the end where the train changes tracks. So, simply going to Paseris is not enough. You have to take the train back to Tampines and then you try to catch a train that goes to the other platform and then you cross over to catch another train across the track so that you you take the full section of track that's available to you. Also, there's this very specific, you know, set of uh, instructions that you have to follow, you know, e- to fully complete this track bashing. That is correct, but mm. the instructions tend to be what you give yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to have a, a sense of completion. <laughs> that's right. right. It's like, dude, yeah. I want to finish this mission. This is my purpose today. And I take it from one end to the other and I take the way back. And of course, different trains and different, you know, paths yeah, the different rails, right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So tell us your credentials <laughs> you know, in terms of like, you know, how how many kilometers have you traveled? Like, how do you track? Like, how, wow. What have uh, you achieved? <laughs> oh well, personally, I don't track the number of kilometers mm. I've traveled because it's probably going to be in the thousands or ten thousands. Okay. Nowadays, I take my train journeys about every once a week or once every two weeks. Mm. So, well, my longest trip I've ever taken was from London, well, technically Sheffield since I started my journey there, mm. back to Singapore. Well, well, how long was that? Uh, <laughs> how I, many, how, how well, many the days? Whole, the whole journey took 40 days. 40 days? Yes. Uh, and that is because I did not factor in very long stops in the major cities. So it was purely a train ride. You travel alone, right? I travel alone. So you will be with other people that are most likely on the same seats with you or near you? Uh, the compartment seats uh, four people. So two on the lower yeah. berth and two on the upper. Quite interesting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've even met one couple who's still quite a good friend of mine uh, recently in Berlin. So even though the, the trip has been done uh, quite a number of years ago, we still keep in contact. Mm. So that's quite nice. You can even make f- new friends on make friends on, this on train. Yeah, taking trains, right? Yeah, that's because right. for the uninitiated like like myself, like we'll have heard of most likely the Trans Siberian Railway. Yeah, and is it overrated? You think? I think it's something that definitely an attraction to mm. have a single train traveling through three countries. Uh, Russia, Mongolia and China in a single journey which takes seven days so it really get to know what well, it depends on how you look at it how big or how small the world could be mm. with just a seven day journey time zone changes from a total different zone compared to Singapore and then when you reach China it's like eh, suddenly everything is the same and you have no sleep debt or mm. jet lag or whatsoever the first four days of the journey was actually quite boring <laughs> Because there's no scenery? Yeah, the scenery was only birch trees. Birch trees of the birch trees. Birch and trees, yeah. Yeah. After that, when... I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. When we reach Irkutsk, and then there's a lake bike, the scenery gets much better from there. And that's because the hive of activities on the train get activated because that's where all the immigration for Mongolia and China starts as well. Okay. And that's when you see a lot of activity on the train itself. That's right. Activities on and off. Mm. Yeah, so it's really convenient to travel across countries on board the train because the immigration officers come up on board. So you don't have to go down except for China, I believe. 
other than that, when you see the technicalities of how they form up this uh, international service, for for me, I, I like this kind of thing. But I'm not sure for a normal passenger, but for a person who likes trains, yeah, this is definitely one of the bucket lists that yeah, yeah, all true, railway fans uh, should do. Because you've really enjoyed road travel. Yeah. And, and so for you, it's really exploring to see what other people do in different countries. That's right. Yeah. The normal way to travel on the Trans-Siberian is to have a, at least one break in the middle, but I did not. I took the train all the end way. to end, like as what you mentioned about track bashing. Mm. So I wanted to take the full service. All right, that's the mission you, you set out for yourself. That's correct. Okay, when you say take a break, you mean like uh, get off the train and then do some sightseeing and then come back to complete the rest of the journey. That's right. Yeah, because well, I think for many people, they are the first so-called long distance or multi-days kind of real travel will be Trans-Siberian like I said because it's, it's what we heard of and we want to try it out right it's a bucket list but for you you've really done so many other real travel before that so just you enjoyed it I mean of course I enjoyed it and in fact at the end of the seven days I thought the journey was too short <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. because the, well, okay for context the journey is seven days, but on the first day, the train actually departs at 11.45pm. Mm-hmm. So actually, the first day only lasts for 15 minutes. And then every day, you cross one time zone. So right. actually, you're living a 23-hour day. So it's like a very mini holiday every six hours. Mm. So time really passes quite fast. Like I even brought like notepads uh, just just to write about the journey in case there's no internet or mm. you know the journey gets too boring but I had no time to even take out the piece of paper okay yeah because okay. every every hour there's something to take pictures of or to enjoy on the train like to, to have your meal to speak with the conductors yeah, so it's not boring yeah. it's not like oh I'm on a train all the way right because no, that's no, no you, you get to step off you get to step off yeah pick up bits and pieces of, of why you you like real travel so much I, I mean there's something to explore for you but have you ever really asked yourself hey, why do I like this thing so much yeah, know, why the since, passion for it well since ages ago I yeah. since I was a child uh-huh. but unfortunately I really can't remember when I first started liking trains I just liked them since the beginning mm. well of course it definitely started from MRT rides yeah it's like I also can't understand why they like uh, MRT so much yeah. but well it's, it's a passion that's why it's called passion right yeah but then it started to just continue naturally so it, I mm. got my toys, I got my okay. longer train rides. The, the, the rides started to get further and further. I start to realise that the more trains that I take, the more I realise that how much I really don't know about it. Mm. So the craving is there to just want to know a lot more about the trains. Mm. So yeah. different reasons. Um, ex- exploratory, that's one. Mm-hmm. Making friends, seeing different sceneries uh, and, and seeing how things work differently in different places. Yes. Yeah, a- any other joys of you know train travel, rail travel? At least for the close by uh, region, like for example, Singapore and Malaysia, the yeah. most important joy of rail travel is that the train has toilets. Okay. So that, that makes life a lot more... Yeah. easy when you travel in Malaysia mm. because the buses do not have it mm. yeah, so you really got to plan your do you get diapers <laughs> yeah, you have to plan your consumption yeah. you have to plan your consumption <laughs> got to sip water yeah that's right whereas drink. on the train you know there's there's like a buffet car which sells food and drinks in the middle which is yeah. a total opposite so you don't have to think about all these things you just have to enjoy your journey so what do people usually misunderstand about road travel well, first and foremost, financially, they mm. think that trains are always cheaper than flights. Yeah. Th- this is probably affected by the Singaporeans' perception of like a real pass. Because when you go to Japan, yeah, you go Japan. to Korea, you just, yeah. oh, a real pass, when, when you buy a pass, it's like the price of a return journey, so everything else is so-called free. Yeah, and because transport is higher, relatively more expensive in Japan, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, you get a real pass to travel everywhere, yeah. right? Yeah. 
that could work in those countries. Mm. But the scary part is when Singaporeans apply to the this, this same logic to the EU rail pass. Uh, okay. Because the rail passes do not include the seat. So you have to pay for the seat. So the pass only allows you to get on. Get on. Train. So and not all trains. Okay. Yeah, so there's many, many terms and conditions to fulfill, mm. to pay in addition to your pass. So if I don't get a seat, I can't, what, have to stand all the way? No no way, right? So you have to get you a seat. May, you may be getting an, a mm. non-reserved seat. Okay. So it means like first come, first serve. Right. Or right. if the train gets really crowded, mm. then yes, you have to stand all the way. Do you have to, you know, be a bit street smart on the train to make sure that you, you get seats for yourself, you know, you, you don't get bullied by other people, you know, because sometimes people want the benefits for themselves, right? Well, for non-reserved seats, mm. what well, definitely is to to board early. Right. But certain countries' systems, mm. like my, my experience when I was traveling from Nanning to Guangzhou, only standing seats were available. So all the seats were reserved. And then you just have to figure out where you should stand in the bullet train. Uh, is it very packed? It wasn't like totally squeezy. Mm. Like there was still space to walk around, go to the cafe to buy food. It was not comfortable to be standing for four hours. Yeah, you have yeah. to plan for it, right? Yeah. yeah. So one misunderstanding you, you mentioned is that rail passes are not necessarily cheaper, right? Give us a bit on the finances of uh, rail travel as compared to like taking flights. Well, for rail travel, definitely the first first mm. and foremost part about the fare is that there's no there's almost no taxes. Mm. So the full f- the whatever you're seeing as the fare is what you're going to pay. Well, of course, there's limitations like the range of real travel whether is it better to be flying or better to going to be going by train mm. so generally the radius the so-called radius of how real travel is on par with air travel is about one and a half hour flight by the time you factor in the check-in times ah. your baggage reclaim your travel to yeah. you know, between the airport and the city most of the time when the railway station is located in the city so-called median time where the train uh, the train travel time is the same as the air travel time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're factoring, like I say, check-in and then getting your baggage on, on that's flights. Correct. So it could take some time. Yeah. That's right. So exceeding this uh, radius, mm-hmm. that means if the flight is two hours or more, mm-hmm. then your cost on top of financially will also be on your time. Whether are you willing to sacrifice a possibly lower fare to have a longer journey time? Or would you pay the extra for a flight mm. to get there uh, quicker? Are there some trips that you can think of off your mind that you think taking uh, the rail will be recommended, whether in terms of cost, time, or even for the experience? In the region, I can think mm. of if you're traveling from Singapore to Kota Baru, it's much better and more comfortable to take a night train as compared to flying. Mm. Because there's no direct flight from... Uh, yet, sorry. Let me, clear, <laughs> let, me, okay. let me put that caveat because... Mm. If this airline restarts the service, then flying may be better. Yeah. Yeah. So if you take a train from Johor Bahru to Kota Bahru, you get a good night's sleep and you reach there at noon just in time for lunch. Whereas if you fly, you got to change planes in KL. So you have your hassle of checking in, your transit in KL. And then from Kota Bahru, you have to get your own transport to the city, which could be probably an eight-hour journey in total. But in the eight-hour journey, because the flights are so short, mm. you're just going through procedures after procedures and you realise that after eight hours, you really don't achieve anything mm. aside from getting to Kota Baru. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas on the night train, you get to have dinner at the restaurant, you get to sleep on a proper bed, you wake up to a nice forest view uh, in Kelantan and then about noontime, you arrive in Kota Baru just in time for lunch. So I think that's a that's a good way to spend your time. Yeah, I think f- for those of us who haven't been taking a lot of rail and trains, we, we might 
be afraid that it's boring. <laughs> it's uh, you have to rough it out. You know, it's going to take too long. But from experiences that you are sharing so far, it's not necessarily so, right? Not necessarily. Of course, there are some which, if you look for it, they are definitely there for you to rough it out. Mm-hmm. But if you want to travel comfortably, there's also such opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while those who want to rough it out will naturally be attracted to that kind of travel, right? Well, if you're looking to, to rough it out, then it, yeah. yes, there's definitely such uh, experiences for you. For mm-hmm. example, if you want to travel from Hatyai to Bangkok for like 10 Singapore dollars, you can rough it out in third class and get to Bangkok for only $10. Yeah, but it's $10. Yes. <laughs> That's why. So some people want that for, for the, the clickbait, you know. I, I have not, actually. If not, oh. I have not. I, I've, I've always taken the, the sleeper uh, services, yeah, okay. whether it's first or second class. Yeah. No air conditioning for third class on an overnight train is a bit too much for me. <laughs> okay, okay. But that almost feels like an achievement that you have to put out on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's a good YouTube video opportunity. Good. how to travel to Bangkok for $10. For $10, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Any other route to, routes do you want to recommend? Railways are quite prevalent around Southeast Asia, so there's mm. a lot of opportunities uh, if you're Singaporean or Malaysian, if you like to travel. The trend is picking up in Malaysia, surprisingly, uh, thanks to COVID-19, actually, mm. because when the locals could not travel overseas, they start finding out that actually Malaysia has trains. Mm. Actually, people did not know that. So a very popular destination now is Dabong. Mm. So it's like a adventure place in the forest, in the middle of the jungle railway, which is very popular with Malaysians now. The train gets very full on every weekend and public holiday. If you're looking for a bit longer distance, of course, Jakarta-Surabaya. Something shorter would be Jakarta-Bandung, where the train travels around uh, mountains and rivers through tea plantations. Very nice scenery. Mm. Journey takes about three hours. Not too long. That's for a good day trip. If you fly to Jakarta, it's a good day trip to Bandung or you can even stay overnight there. Uh, in Malaysia, of course, you can get a sleeper train to Kota Baru. And if you're feeling more adventurous, you can take a series of trains from Woodlands to Bangkok, where all Singaporeans like to go. Yeah, Woodlands and then go all the way to Bangkok. Oh, what's your favourite one? Oh, that's that's quite a difficult question, oh, actually, because I love, I love all of all them. Of them. <laughs> yeah. If we're talking about the region, then my favourite is the night train from JB to Tumpat. Mm. that is travelling across the whole peninsula of Malaysia but going by the east coast because mm. that's the only night train available in Malaysia as of now so if I'm looking for a long journey but not too far away that's the train that I would take it's, it's always, there's always something new to experience about every train ride yeah, it sounds like yeah. it's got the best of everything that you already liked. Yeah. yeah, and even though this train service is running every day you know, when I take it every you know, two months or three months the experience is always different whether there could be new scenery changes, new food available, or just the people you meet, really. Because definitely the passengers are not going to be the same every day. Mm. So you do, yeah. do the, take the same... That's right, because routes, it's, yeah. it's very... Well, for this train, it's very, like, community-based. Right. Yeah, so oh. because everyone's going back home to the kampongs, and the mindset there is really very simple and friendly. So naturally, the passengers are also very friendly on board. Mm. Mm. So that's like... Neighbours who will share food with you, who will share stories or just exchange what, what could you possibly do over there. And it's always great to hear about the destination from a local's perspective. In your daily life, we don't really talk to strangers. No, right? you don't talk to anyone yeah. on the MRT. Mm. <laughs> yeah, of course, and on a train. Right? Yeah. In a different context, in a different scenario, like, would, you, would you consider yourself introverted or extroverted? I would say that I'm a little bit of both. I mean, I do enjoy my train rides in silence. In silence, yeah. But there's also this very special bit of community mm. travel. Everyone is going to a similar destination. Everyone has sort of the same goal for the at least few hours. It's, it's really just brings about the friendliness in the local people. 
Yeah, it's like all passerbys in your life. That's right. Yeah. But for the seven days, you know, you're stuck with each other. Correct. Well this, this, is, this is a really good experience that I'm having in Malaysia and Indonesia. In, in terms of the people you meet. Yes, that's right. The, the, the neighbors on board the train. And then sharing food, like you were saying. And all yeah. yeah. <laughs> so to pick a favorite will be difficult. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That's right. How about uh, the toughest trip that you've done? Toughest trip? I Okay, I wouldn't say it's a trip per se, but it was part of my Trans-Siberian journey. So when I was traveling from Paris to Moscow, I had to cross Belarus. And at that time, I was very lucky to have a real travel station up already. Mm. So I had one viewer who commented that, have you gotten your Belarus transit visa? Which at that time, I did not know that I had to get it. So luckily, I had it settled beforehand in London before I embarked on the trip. But when I reached the border of Belarus, I was hauled off the train. Mm-hmm. A big burly officer just came up to me and just said, take all your things, you are coming with me. Just you? Only me. Oh. Out of all the trains. So like, wh- you know, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. said, just come with me. He, was, he wasn't going to say anything and with my passport in hand. We went down to the station and at this point, I was, actually, I was disappointed rather than worried because I knew that the train was going to do some bogey change. Bogey means wheel. So they were going to change the wheels for the Russian broad gauge race. I wanted to see and now that I'm going off the train, <laughs> I could not see that. So that yeah, was my you, first part. Yeah, that's right, the first thought. Of sadness. You know, and then instead of worrying about your safety, I'm like, that's I'm correct. miss this thing. Yeah. It just hit me like five seconds later that yeah. where is this guy taking me mm. to with my passport in hand? Because yeah. Singapore passports can be quite powerful. Mm-hmm. We went to the station. I heard the train depart off to the yard. Okay. I have my belongings with me. Yeah. So I asked him, what's going on? He said, we just want to check your documents. Mm. I'm not sure what that meant. He only said this sentence. Mm. So I was made to wait in an empty waiting hall for one and a half hours. I, I didn't know that it was going to be one and a half hours. It was just going to be just waiting. Yeah. It was very worrying during the read, definitely, because yeah. you have no idea what's going on. Nothing yeah. is in your control. I don't have my passport with me. Thankfully, I still had internet from Poland. So I quickly say for the MFA hotlines, just in case my passport doesn't come back. One and a half hours later, he came back with my passport and said, okay, come with me you're going back to the train until today I have no idea what the whole thing was but it was nerve wracking to be alone in a foreign country very far from you and the most memorable thing was when they were trying to create small talk with me after that because I was trying to figure out what was going on and they wouldn't say anything besides check my documents they asked me like why don't I speak Russian I I don't (laughs) I don't don't learn Russian in Singapore so you know Typical Singaporean small talk. Have you been to Singapore? <laughs> and he said, yes, 10 times. What? Okay. The only thing he mentioned about that conversation was that your cigarettes are very expensive. Okay. And then the train arrived and I was free to board it. And then the, the neighbours on the train were like, where did you go? I was like, they brought me to their office. Uh-huh. I was in the waiting area. They asked me why, what did they bring? I said, I have no idea yeah. until now. Up till today, I have no idea what today, they did. I have did. no idea what they did with my passport. They said they want to check your documents and yeah. they had your passport in their hands. I had all my visas, my Belarus and Russian visas already. Oh. 
yeah, the immigration form was filled out correctly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I was hot off the train without my passport. Yeah, that's quite yeah. an experience. I feel the anxiety of being in a room. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> just, just waiting and just waiting. At that age, yeah, mm. it was, yeah. Yeah. Probably if I encounter the same thing, I might be more prepared. I might have called MFA immediately. So like like you said, you know, have MFAs, contacts in hand. Yeah. And of, of course, you mentioned about the, the visa or this, you, you know, check beforehand. I, I did check. Mm. It's just that I'm not sure why I was I was hauled being, off. Being hauled off the train. Yeah. Something that is outside of our control. That's right. Yeah. So after the experience, I mean, before the experience, I've already done it. But after the experience, every every simple trip that I make overseas... I always register with MFA, so this is not sponsored. <laughs> yeah, so register yourself with MFA, so they they know where what whether you have gone missing or not. Yeah, do it the right thing. Yeah, <laughs> just just go and register. Yes. Don't be lazy or like just just don't forget it. Yeah, correct. So <laughs> at right. least if you don't come back, then there's a record of you that we'll, something we'll, might have gone wrong. Yeah, we'll go to a lighter topic. Okay. <laughs> any any pro tips? <laughs> any strategies about? Of course, it depends on. <laughs> which route you're taking, where you're traveling, right? Yeah. But is there a, a general, you know, some tips on like, where should I sit on a train? Ah, how okay. early should I book? Any strategies for a smooth? Okay, let's start with how early should you book? Because yeah. every country's uh, terms are different. Uh. So you kind of really have to follow how they open their tickets. So for example, Thailand opens their tickets 30 days in advance. So 30 days in the morning, you start camping for tickets. Yeah, because... People are snatching the tickets, right? yeah. especially mm. first class because there's only one coach with mm. 12 cabins mm-hmm. for the entire journey. Actually, first class sells up very fast because they only need to sell 12, 12 rooms. Whereas for Malaysia, for example, in July, they open tickets all the way to the end of this year. So you have a long window, but that's also a problem because the peak period for holidays and weekends are already sold out. If you try to book in December, they're already sold out in July. Yeah, so, so that's, that's the how, second problem. How early you have to plan, yeah. That's correct. Check your destination and then check what's the company's terms about it. And for comfort-wise, personally, I like sitting in the middle of the coach because the wheels are at the end. When you sit towards the end, you feel more bumps on the track. Whereas if you sit in the middle, the bumps kind of spread out because the the wheel pivots behind you. So you're in the middle. Mm. You don't feel so much uh, shaking. As yeah. This is especially useful for the night train. So mm. if you have, you a, have a good night's sleep. Yeah. Yes, because you're lying down, you can actually feel the train uh, bumping helps uh, your sleep a little bit better mm. I think we're more relatively familiar with <laughs> taking planes so when it comes to real travel you really need to do your research plan in advance which is why you provide all these resources on your site Real Travel Station <laughs> I really need to check it out sometimes you need to plan six months ahead right, <laughs> in order to get the seats that you really want if not you'll be sold out not that you get bad seats it's just sold out you can't even get on that's right really need to do your homework like, oh when's your next trip Okay, I'm not sure when this recording will be published, yeah, well, but today is um twenty second September. Ah, okay. <laughs> right. So, uh, my next trip from this mm. interview, I'll be flying to Chiang Mai, and I'll be catching the train back to Singapore. Is this your first time doing this trip? Uh, it's my from first Mai time back. doing it as a single trip. Mm. I- I've done all these journeys before, mm. but this will be my first time. Uh, just combining it all together. Mm, with a bit of more free time at this moment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, yeah, full time on your, your site, Road Travel Station? For this period, yes. For this period of time. Yeah. All right. Okay. Mm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We have three questions that we ask every guest. So yep. the first one is, what has been your best investment? It need not be a financial one. My best investment mm. for this period, I think it will be this uh, camera that I bought off from Carousel. <laughs> <laughs> Carousel. Yeah, not sponsored. <laughs> How much? Uh? So I got this uh, mirrorless uh, Canon M10 for only $200. Hmm. Second hand, but the condition was pretty good. And good. this camera was actually with me uh, during my recent Europe trip. Actually, since the VTL period, uh, I've been operating on this camera, which has lasted me quite long for a value of $200. Mm. And uh, the quality is quite good. It's comparable to the previous DSLR that I operated on, which can be quite bulky, especially when you're taking flights. And then, you know, the shutter sound and stuff. Uh. It's annoying for other passengers. But this this is really good, very compact, very light. Yeah, I've been traveling with it almost every week now. So it's a very hardworking $200 mirrorless camera mm-hmm. yeah Did you say the model again for you know fans it's, uh, okay, I'm not sure if you can get it because it's <laughs> carousel <laughs> yeah so there's, there's only one of these available but it's a Canon M10 uh, not the latest model but it does the job it works for you it, it works, works for, for me yeah. yeah that's the most important thing mm. Se- second question for you um, what's something that is under $100 that you spend on that has been a game changer for you could be related to your travel or your personal life whatever it is again not sponsored, but I, I operate my travels uh, with actually Cabin Zero backpacks. These uh, Cabin Zero backpacks mm. are the exact cabin size. One is for the overhead compartment and one is for the under seat. Mm. So with these uh, two bags, especially when flying airlines like Scoot, where you're allowed two bags, this actually maximizes every ML of your mm. allowance that you're allowed to bring on board the flight because your the bag is the exact cabin size so you don't need to have check-in baggage yep. you can just I don't, leave I don't have to think about the size of my bag I don't have to think about uh, what to, as long as it can fit in the bag it will fly <laughs> yeah. yeah so that, yeah. that takes uh, difficulties on how to pack out of my mind mm. before every trip that involves a flight and of course with the small bag uh, it's a lot convenient a, a lot more convenient for storage on board the train as well Mm, yeah. yeah, because train travel is where you need to carry Yeah, them. you have to carry your own bag. Uh, not all trains have the luggage rack by the door, only the new ones, but so you have to put it above you or under your seat. So same logic as a budget flight. Yeah, And yeah. you can get it for less than $100. Yeah. Not sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> okay, last question for you. Uh, a place that you learn from that you think is underrated could be book, website, blog, podcast, could be related to travel, <laughs> real travel, or just your personal development? Well, I started my railway fan community at the KTM Railway Fan Club. Mm. Today, it's known as Malayan Railway Fan Club. Uh, so with this community of like-minded individuals who like trains as well, and who especially like the trains that you like as well. So uh, it's really where the knowledge sharing happened when I was first starting as a child. And from there on, when you meet these uh, friends who may be working in the industry and those of my age, uh, my friends of my age who are actually now in the railway industry. So the interest grows, knowledge grows and we grow as a team. So 
Malayan Railway fan club. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Thank Andrew. You. Thanks, Andrew, for having me.